Hello, and welcome to Core Women. My name is Dr. Summer Watson, and I'm the founder of Core Women, and I'm also an empowerment strategist for women. So if you're listening to this podcast to delve more into empowerment strategies, well, you're here for the right reason. However, Core Women was also developed because it's a special place that provides a unique idea of home for the hearts and souls of women. It's a place for us to share our strength, energy, wisdom, and authenticity. It's a place for women to find support and strategic empowerment ideas that will help support their lives. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Amy DuPont, who is an award-winning reporter with the Wake Up Team at Fox 6 in Wisconsin. She's been a reporter and anchor for multiple years, so let's get right into talking about your exciting journey, Amy, and welcome. Hey, thank you. Hello from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, are you keeping warm out there? Because I know you've had a good time. <laughs> No, um, I, I have wondered if this is a publicity stunt for Game of Thrones because winter is here. Uh, it was 70 <laughs> degrees on Monday, and then Wednesday and Thursday, we got pelted with snow. We were back in the 30s. I can see grass again, but it's cold and windy still today. So my goodness, I'm just waiting for spring. Yeah, that's rather drastic in regards to weather. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, talk about weather. I want to, uh, you know, go back a, a couple of months or maybe even a year. I, I do believe there was a video out there of you being pelted by a snowball. Uh, yeah, and the backstory with that is, um, you know, we spend a lot of time outside and I was with my photographer and I was show off ninja skills like, whoa, whoa, you can't hit me. <laughs> And then he, he got me right between the eyes, and, oh. I, and I deserved every ounce of that. Yeah, it was all in fun. Eddie, my photographer, felt horrible, but it sounded and looked way worse than it was. It, it was downright funny. I mean, it, it's, it's been a blast. And over a year later, people still tag me on social media because wow. it's still being viewed lots and lots of times. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, thank you for that backstory. Yeah. So let's get right into this and, and let's talk about when you knew that you wanted to be a reporter. Sure. Uh, funny story. I was in college a sophomore and I was actually failing anatomy. Oh. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was a biology major and we had been traveling. I was a college athlete, which no, I'm not blaming it. I, I should have been more focused, but I missed like an entire week of labs. And that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> I was getting a D. I wasn't failing, but it was pretty close. And that was a big deal for me. So I went to our college kind of career lab and uh, they suggested based on like this interest test that I should be a personal trainer, a stunt double, a Broadway performer, or a reporter. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Well. <laughs> Two of those I thought were kind of automatically out. As a college athlete, I wasn't sure I wanted to spend my life in the gym. I had spent so much time there already. So I took a journalism class, and my very first semester, I got to be on air, which wow. was unusual. It just happened to work out that way, and that's it. Never looked back. However, um, years down the road, when I was an anchor in La Crosse, Wisconsin, <laughs> my family sent a videotape of me when I was like seven, eight years old, pretending to be a reporter, like wow. on a family vacation. So I guess maybe it was in the back of my mind, but it, it took that uh, nearly failing grade in anatomy <laughs> to wow. push me in the right direction. Yeah. And it's worked out. I felt like I was always an average student, an average athlete. And I felt like finally I found something that I'm good at and I love. And, you know, 17 years later in, in the business, which is a tough business, I, I still love it. So, I, I, you know, I, it, I all worked out. 
That's fantastic. So you, you just had to pivot <laughs> a little bit and you found your, your niche basically. So how did yeah. you get your start in the field? So really with, with TV news, um, you have to have a degree, but it can be in anything. Um, the main thing that gets you into your career is your internship. So I had done a couple of internships, one with a local station in the same town that I was going to school in, and then one in my hometown. And you put together a resume tape. So it's you on camera. A lot of times you're you know, taking small bits of the stories of the reporters, the real reporter that you're shadowing, put that all together. But then I really got my very first job because so after my internship, they hired me on to be a part-time producer. So behind the scenes, writing the show for the weekend anchor, I'm applying for jobs and I applied for a job in Alexandria, Minnesota. I mean, this is middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And here, the anchor that I was writing for, that was her first job. So the oh. news director called her. Hey, what do you think? And she said, yeah, hire this girl. Same thing, my job right now in Milwaukee I got this job because I reached out to a colleague and said, hey, my husband who's military is being stationed here, you know, can you help me out? And he put in a call for me and that's how I got my job here. So once you make that first tape, it's all about connections and meeting people and, and, uh, you know, getting their help. Everybody knows everybody. It's a very small world. And so you always want to be on your, you know, a game all the time. And, And if you're a good reporter and you work hard and you're friendly, it does work out. That's fabulous. And that's good to know because I think internships, how you started out and interning is so important. Do you feel like you as an intern at that time really got the practical skills that you could use in the field and apply? Absolutely. Because in, in school, there's, there's no real life deadline. Right. You get a week to put together one story. I get an hour you know, and not that your internship deadlines are like that, but you get a better idea of what you're going into and how fast it works and what your real responsibilities are. But the biggest thing in television is when college kids are making their resume tape, I had a stronger tape because mine was with a real, you know, quote unquote, real professional camera with a real audio system, with a real set. And, and those were the main difference. But I remember there was a girl, we, our internships were running at the same time. She never left the newsroom because, you know, like one of your very first job was to log tapes, make sure like all the old archives were correct. She did that all semester long and I refused to do that. So I was like, hey, can I go with? Hey, can I go with? I'm sure I was super annoying, <laughs> but you have to be. <laughs> you, know, like, Absolutely. you have to be. Have to be yeah. persistent, right? So mm-hmm. me- and, and it's, it's, go, ahead. go ahead, please. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, oh, I was just saying that being uh, aggressive and annoying uh, is a skill that you need to be a reporter too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of your, your skill set, right? So you have to be. Oh, absolutely. So Mm -hmm. let me take you back a little. When you were first assigned your very first reporting segment, how did you feel? And can you remember what you reported on? I do. So my very first, it's called a package. That's where it's like um, people on tape and the reporter on tape and you write over your video. Um, it's called a package. Okay. My very first one, I was shadowing the weekend anchor. Her name was Amy Dahlien and I was Amy DuPont. Crazy. Anchors got her names mixed up all the time. But she took me to this women in the outdoors event. And so it was like skeet shooting and then um, how to cook game that you, you know, kill, oh, wow. that kind of stuff. And I, <laughs> I remember it because um, you learn very quickly that you dress for your stories. And here I go waltzing out to like shoot a gun and, and I'm out in the woods and I had a dress 
and like heels on. Oh, oh boy, nothing, <laughs> nothing says rookie like that. So yeah, that's why. So there I am in the video, firing a gun, sitting around a campfire in a dress. Oh, silly young girl. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great story too. So considering all that you've reported on, what would you say has been one of your most unique segments? Oh gosh. It's hard to choose. I've, I've been around for so many things. I mean, I can pinpoint in my career the first story where I really had to hold it together because I had gotten emotional. Okay. Um, that was a fire and uh, two children were killed in the fire. They had been playing with matches. Mm. And uh, when we were outside the home, the firefighter was kneeling in the front yard crying. And, oh. you know, that was over a decade ago and I can still see it, you know, mm. today. Yeah. Um, I remember after I became a mom, things changed, how I saw stories, how I saw the way people handle things. Um, I mean, I, I've done everything from the very first Trump um, kind of riot that took place in Orange County. Right. I was there and I had to yeah. climb on top of a live truck to let the, the riot police go by. And then I got down and went live and followed them. Um, but I've also done some of my favorite stories were meeting families of children who had been recipients of some children's miracle network funds. Right. Um, we did a telethon every year. So you get to know those families and those kids and they're amazing. Um, and it again, changes the way you see the world. And unfortunately those stories, you end up going to funerals as well. Right. Um, I also went out to um, Wounded Knee in, in South Dakota, an Indian reservation there with a team of doctors and nurses and students that volunteer. And I remember going home and the living conditions, you would not believe we are in the United States. It's wow. like walking into a third world country. Oh boy. And I remember getting home and I'm laying in my bed, you know, by myself and thinking, do I really need seven pairs of shoes? Do I really need, you know, much? Because right. those folks have nothing but the things that are important to them, family, children, education, things that a lot of times, you know, we unfortunately take for granted. I spent some time in Africa as well. That's a story and a half. The government oh. there took our passports, took our equipment and held us there really? <laughs> for a good week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. yeah. Not, not so media friendly. Wow. Um, learned a lot of things, by the way, whether you're traveling for work or business, if you're going outside of the U.S., you can go online and let the State Department know. That way, if anything bad happens to you, there's already a file started and they can take action a lot faster. Oh, just, just a little tip there <laughs> for everybody. Tip. No, that's a great tip. You know, I never even thought about yeah. it. I, I travel so much and um, I've lived out of the country and yeah. never even thought about that. I've been lucky. Like I've worked for stations that have trusted me and, and paid for me to travel. I also went back to Pearl Harbor with the 19 living survivors from Wisconsin that were there wow. the morning of the bombing. And that was incredible. And unfortunately, you know, as reporters, we don't want to be in the story. Our, you know, we, we tell other people's stories. Right. And there were two gentlemen from my like area, but I got to cover everyone when we got there. But I, you know, met these two guys ahead of time. And Mark Scheidel went to his house. He was, had a hard time getting around. So while I'm there, it's like, hey, while you're here, would you mind? 
helping me get some stuff in the top of the closet. Yeah, yeah, sure. So help them do that. Uh, we all meet in Chicago. Um, they parade them through the airport and to see people's reaction. We have a love affair with our World War II vets and it's well-deserved love affair. Right. Um, and to see people's reaction and the fanfare and we get on the plane and I give Mark a high five. He was up in first class because he was on oxygen. Okay. And I go back to my seat and we're, you know, an hour or two into the flight. And suddenly you can tell something's wrong. You don't know what's wrong, but you know, they're moving kids around from the front of the plane and staff oh. is running back and forth. And Mark had a, a massive heart attack and died oh, no. on the plane. Yeah. Oh. And so he, we landed in California. Uh, he was taken off the plane. His guardian got off the plane, but then the rest of us kept going on to to Hawaii and that was hard oh, <laughs> like, yes, the, I, I knew him you know I, I knew him right. um, so they had closed the Pearl Harbor Memorial the, or the what is it the Arizona Memorial Arizona. just for our group wow. and the group was like hey you need to sit in the front row and I was like what like no no I'm a reporter like I hide out in the back and pretend I'm not here no no just sit here and the park service came over and asked me to sit in the front and here, because after his guardian, uh, you know, left the trip to go back with Mark to, to take his remains home, I was the only one that really knew him. And so they did the whole, on behalf of a grateful nation and a Navy officer, they did a flag folding and gave it to me. Oh. And then, yeah. And then I carried that flag home after the trip and um, the airline flew Mark's family to meet us in Chicago. And I had to give the flag back to his family. Oh, wow. And that was, again, so I became part of a story um, that I didn't want to, but, um, you know, what an honor and a privilege to Absolutely. to bring that flag home for his family. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know, it sounds like you learn as you've done your different stories, you meet people and create connections. There's mm -hmm. so many wonderful things that sounds like you've done, you've been through, you've experienced. Wow, what an amazing job. <laughs> and not every day, though. You know, it's, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, I posted a picture. I was at the Capitol. Um, the lame duck session has made huge news here in Wisconsin. Um, on, right before the new governor, attorney general took over, they did an extraordinary session and passed some bills to take power away from those offices right. but of course it affects the new administration but here we are this is an extremely important issue for the state of wisconsin and there i am sitting on the floor writing my story and i had to voice track so i threw a coat over myself so like my photographer took a picture because that's what reporting is really like right. like um there's no bathroom there's no food not even a chair like <laughs> oh, wow. those are the things you don't see and right and you're stuck at crimes and accidents and you see people at their absolute worst and and sometimes it's hard to think like humans treat each other the way that they do right. um, but I hope for every story that I do that is doom and gloom you know traffic and tragedy is what I call it mud and blood um, I I get through it by doing feature stories doing stories on people that are doing amazing things that we're lucky that a lot of times they don't want to talk about what they do because they're pretty humble that I have the opportunity to share a little bit of the good that these people are doing. So that's what gets you through the rough days. Well, that's fabulous. You know, so if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom today, Amy, what would they be? 
Sure. Um, I was, and I can remember this to the day my husband said he has shared on this wisdom as well. So um, I was making a big career move that would affect my family. And I was doing an interview and at the end of it, I had interviewed this person multiple times and she too is a very um, career driven woman and a mom. Uh, Misty Lone, she runs a bunch of dance studios in the Wisconsin area. And I had said, yeah, I think I'm leaving. And she's like, really? And she said, good for you. And I needed that. I needed someone to say good for you. But then she said words that have never left me. And she said, there's a reason when you're on an airplane, why they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you help anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, and that's never left me because it's so true. You cannot be a good employee, a good mom, a good wife, if you're not making yourself happy and doing the things that you need to do to feel successful and worthy and happy. So it's a struggle (laughs) when you wear many, many hats, but never forget to put your own oxygen mask on first. What wonderful words of wisdom. Thank you for that, Amy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And thank you for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you. Absolutely. If you'd like to know more about Amy DuPont, please go to amy.dupont at fox6now.com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 